What differentiates companies from great success versus great failure? Well, Jim Collins actually studied basically three groups of companies in a five-year project. So the good to great companies he focused on were actually performing below average of the stock market performance for 15 years. Then they had this transition into generating cumulative returns of at least three times the general stock market over the next 15-year period. And basically, these are the, this is the control groups. This is the companies that did amazingly well. And then he compared these with direct comparison companies that remained stagnant during the time of transition, you know, of the good to great companies, that time of transition where they transcended and, uh, you know, grew at three times the uh, average of the stock market in the next 15 years. And these companies actually had the same possibilities and potentials that these good to great companies had. They just didn't end up growing. And then you have the unsustained comparison companies. These made a short-lived transition from the good to great, and then they just fell back below the stock market average after their rise. So, so they kind of fizzled out. You know, it was kind of like a firework. They boom, big spark, and then crackle back down. So this episode is really going to be going over the strategies that differentiated this good, great, um, these good, great, great companies. And to be honest with you, when I first saw this book, you know, I've had this book for a while and, uh, somebody that I really respect, Sam Ovens recommended it in uh, one of his YouTube videos. And, you know, it's kind of one of those where, eh, you know, it's just another business book, right? You know, I've, I have a ton of business books. I've read a lot of them, but the interesting thing about this in with most books is it's archetypal, meaning it doesn't just apply to business. You know, it, it applies in so many different contexts. And it's the same with what we reviewed yesterday, the Blue Ocean Strategy book, which I highly recommend you check out. We discussed the uh, Blue Ocean Strategy and three different market strategies, basically. So moving on to really what differentiated these good to great companies. Well, there's something called the hedgehog companies, or the apologies, the hedgehog concept. And basically this states that good to great companies all ask the same three key questions. So this is very, very important. And I, this uh, hedgehog concept, I didn't fully understand. And basically, with these three questions, the intersection is what the good to create companies refined with their hedgehog concept, which you should at the end be able to put into a sentence. And we'll go over the three questions in a second. But Basically, again, at the intersection of these um, questions, they made this one sentence and refined it to be their hedgehog concept. And basically, they made every decision in line with it. So this kind of can be your company statement. Another way of uh, wording this, if you don't like the hedgehog concept, um, could be the moat around your castle. So like if if the business is your castle and you have no moat, well, what's stopping competitors from just coming in and destroying everything? You need to have a moat, which is kind of like a unique value proposition as well. And, you know, great companies did this like Walmart, um, Apple, some great, really great companies have had these hedgehog concepts and really stuck with it. And now we'll go into those three key questions that form this hedgehog concept. So what can we be the best in the world at? Next, what can we be passionate about? Lastly, what is the key economic indicator we should concentrate on? This is so important, and this may seem kind of arbitrary. It's not at all. This is something that's fundamental for building your business for the long term. It's kind of like, you know, if you built a, you know, if you've ever seen those houses down by the ocean, 
they basically they build them on those you can call them stilts you know they, they have to rise them above uh the water level so when the water level rises that the house doesn't get hit and imagine you know you're building the foundation for that house but you just forget to leave out one of those pillars that's holding the house up well the house once waves come in or even when wind is heavy the house is going to get rockety and lean over to that edge where that weak spot is in in fall break and destruction is going to happen so this is that kind of last pillar that a lot of companies don't have which is that hedgehog come concept and a lot of companies buckle because of this you know they kind of when the rainy day comes they fail because of this they don't stick to their hedgehog concept and they don't apply something that we'll get into later called the stockdale paradox and again so those three key concepts what can we be in the best in the world at what can we be passionate about and what is the key economic indicator we should concentrate on very important so um, basically, in extensive research, Jim Collins found that the success was the sun sum of tiny incremental pushes in the direction of the hedgehog concept. So it's not just one push and they stopped focusing on the hedgehog concept. It's not like just the first year, the first five, or the, even the first 10 years. They're just like, okay, let's follow the hedgehog concept and then, you know, let's turn a blind eye to it. No, no, no. The good to great companies, again, you know, out of this, these three companies, three types of company studies... They all did this thing. This was the, one of the biggest differentiating factors is they not only stuck to their hedgehog concept, but they focused on the sum of tiny incremental pushes in the direction of the hedgehog concepts. So basically these small improvements motivated people to push forward till a breakthrough came about creating a flywheel effect. You know, Amazon is a great example of flywheel effect. Basically what the flywheel effect means is the more, um, so the more customers come into your business the more people you can help, which is a win-win. Again, in business, it's one of the fundamental concepts. So we always push for a win-win. And, uh, and, and in life, you know, you should always push for the win-win. A lot of people just see things as uh, win-lose or lose-win. You know, it's, it's binary. It's not. It should be win-win. You should aim at those things. And you can do this successfully. So um, um, Amazon. So the reason they have a flywheel effect is the more um, customers that come on their platform the bigger the company grows, and in turn, the better the product. So it's kind of those three key factors. And Jeff Bezos laid this out very um, concisely in a letter to the shareholders. And it's it's a very interesting concept because a lot of companies fail at this. For example, a lot of, uh, we can use barbers or uh, masseuses or um, really anyone that's it's like personal service, one-on-one, that takes time. Well, the more people that come into the business, the less people they can see. And the more people that come into the business, typically the lower quality actually turns out. And this is very interesting. Like a lot of companies have a reverse flywheel effect. So it's kind of this front loading effect. Whereas Amazon, it just spins. You know, the more customers that come in, it doesn't take more time for them to service those customers because they build a platform. So this flywheel effect basically creates a situation where more momentum gets built, the more people come in. So it's kind of, you know, like a pinwheel you saw as a kid, you know, in, in like yards that kept spinning, you know, and the more wind came, the faster it would go, the faster it would go, and then it would have a breakthrough. And that's kind of the idea with uh, Jim Collins, incremental tiny pushes in the direction of the hedgehog effect concept. So then they kind of talked about um, new technology and really the reason um, new technology is important is because it really should be used to accelerate momentum in the direction you're already going in, not 
um, indicating the direction itself, which is where a lot of companies get mixed up. It, it shouldn't dictate the direction you're going in. Rather, it should be used as fuel to the fire. So tech should be seen as an accelerator towards a goal, not the goal itself. And good to great companies see technology as a means to an end, not the other way around. So the direct comparison companies, again, if you don't remember those, that's the second category, which basically remained stagnant at the time of the growth of the good to great companies, even though they had the same possibilities and potentials. So these um, companies felt new technology was a threat and worried about being left behind. You know, they, um, they kind of like rushed and scrambled to adopt new technology without actually having an overarching plan. While, you know, good, great companies actually carefully contemplated new technology and decided whether or not it would accelerate them on their path of growth. If it would, they actually became pioneers. And we, it's interesting that they talk about pioneers in this book because yesterday in Blue Ocean Strategy, we talked about the, uh, this like different quadrant approach. I can't remember. It's like uh, strength mapping or something along those lines. And it's basically the pioneers, the settlers, and the mediators. And the pioneers are basically a product that has, have the most innovation no other company has. The settlers are things that basically just copy industry standards, and the mitigators are kind of the in-between. So that's the interesting thing with this is, uh, you know, they, if they found that um, this new technology would actually accelerate their growth, they became pioneers, meaning they, they forged their own path. You know, the pioneers um, were the people who went basically where nobody else had gone before, where settlers just copied what the pioneers already did. So you can think of this as, uh, you know, the person that made the first smartphone, um, every other smartphone company basically has just been settlers. They've just settled on that smartphone concept. It's not until somebody transcends the smartphone, Apple kind of did with the Apple Watch and some of their products, but it's not until someone like transcends that, that they will be true pioneers. You know, everybody's just kind of settlers on this. So, um, so you can also see this with like digital cameras. There's many different companies that have great example of this, but, um, so, so if, if this did not accelerate their growth, they would just ignore it and focus on their strengths, not falling into fear of missing out. So this is very important. Um, maybe we'll, we'll record another episode on the second half of this, talking about uh, level five leaders and then the Stockdale paradox and kind of the, the overall concept of this book with uh, focusing on people and um, pushing through. So thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe. And until next time.